up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. I'm getting on live with my girl, Simone Shepard. You know her. She is an Instagram influencer, TikTok influencer with over 500,000 followers on Instagram. She has always been so absolutely transparent with her life, what she's going through. She's a comedian and she had a baby. So it always changes your life 360. I'm excited to know how her life changed on a dime and she's married. So I only really come from a perspective of a single mom because that's what I know. I can't imagine having help all the time. But then again, I posted something this morning A dad taking care of his kid is considered babysitting and a woman taking care of her kid is considered just mom. So we all have these barriers we're trying to cross. Not only is it the things that we're doing for the love of our family, but the fact that society's like, yeah, by the way, this is when your life, mom, kind of stops. Dad can go ahead and have his life, but this is when your life stops and you're now only defined as mom. And we are all rejecting that right now. Women abroad, women all over the place are saying that we are extraordinary. And if it wasn't for the suppression of men, what could we be able to do? Her little boy, she calls Prince Quran. Her husband, she calls King Quran. I mean, if that's not goals, that's super cute. Here she is. How are you? Your fro is fabulous. Oh, thank you. I'm trying to get like you. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Over here. <laughs> just yes. fly. It's so nice to be here with you, Simone, because I just, you know, I, I don't even know where we met. Well, I've been a fan of you and, and just what you do for so long. But I actually do remember when we met. I had did a video depicting everything that was going on during the Black Lives Matter movement. And I was a guest on your show and you interviewed me. Yes. Oh, that's fabulous. Oh, we go way back. Yes. yes. I did a video. It went viral at the time. It got a lot of press. And you guys, you know, especially because like I said, I've always really enjoyed your interviewing style and your your perspective. So when I was invited to do the show, I was like, definitely. It was because of you. <laughs> you know, there are very few of us that have those positions. And I don't have that position anymore. I was like, there's it's time to move on. But When you are in that position, you realize how much they only see us as five celebrities. Hallie, Denzel, Will, Oprah, and Beyonce. That's it. That's so true. That's it. So true. It's so true. I found myself just fighting all the time. I had a fight for Taraji P. Henson before Empire. I was like, y'all don't understand. 
And people don't realize that a lot of times, just like myself, the only reason why I was interested in coming on the show, because I had got a lot of offers at the time. They were doing a lot of press, but it was because of you. But they don't give you credit, I'm sure, for that. Never, <laughs> never, yeah. never. But, you know, we move on. And what I think is so beautiful is that we all have our own TV show when it comes to social media. Right. Absolutely. Big proponent of that, because, you know, my career even though I was acting and writing prior to social media, social media really gave me the platform to not have to wait for all the people to say yes. You know, it allowed me to create my own yeses in my own space, my own audience. How beautiful of a full circle moment that they're now like begging people <laughs> like you. Exactly. They don't have 560 some thousand people <laughs> watching their damn show. You know exactly. I mean? They don't. Exactly. I just adore, especially because I am a black woman that loves my culture so deeply. Oh, I feel it in my soul. I love us so much. I get goosebumps and I love that we are audacious enough to get on our platforms, speak our truths, and gather our own communities. So hands down to you, sis. It is beautiful. Thank and you. you're doing it with a husband. First of all, I was like, where hey. do you find husbands in LA? First of all. Girl, Kiran and I have been teammates from the very first day that we met. You know, we met working together, doing social media at All Dead Digital. Both of us had created large followings for ourselves separately. And then we came together to help grow a platform. And we did a really good job at that. And I think that we were just teammates and inseparable ever since we started working together. And it's just, it was just very easy for us. I just feel really blessed. I know it's not easy. I was in the world. I met him at 32, you know, which it was not old at all. But from where I'm from and, you know, the girls that I went to college with, they had been married for 10, 12, 15 years, you know. And for me, waiting for the right person, I was OK with that. <laughs> waiting for the life that I knew I deserved. That's what it was, you know. So that meant that I had to take it easy. I couldn't rush any of my plans. I had to put the energy out there of what I was what I wanted, what I was expecting, and then allow the universe to put it in the time that it was supposed to be. Stop, stop. Because what I want to know, we're all about manifesting over here. What yes. I want to know, was that conscious? Were you manifesting or were you just surrendering to the flow? So at that point, I wouldn't call it consciously manifesting, not like I understand how to consciously manifest currently. But I think that I was in root. That was my beginning steps of learning how to Ask for what I wanted and then consciously surrendering to whatever it may be because I realized that I didn't have any control, right, of the actual outcome. I only had control of the process and the effort that I was willing to put in. So I consciously made the effort in every moment to not only work towards everything. I'm not just talking about a relationship. I'm talking about everything in life, right? To work towards the happiness I saw in my life. So that meant not settling. That meant I don't have to be at my age in a relationship to feel adequate amongst my peers. I released all that. So it was a surrendering that I realized was like, oh, that's manifesting. That's, that's exactly what it looks like. So now I'm clear of that. I think that that is the 
magic that we don't understand. Like when we say black girl magic, it's it's very ethereal. It's very like out there. But we just go, yeah, we're the shit. But what is it? We have to really tap into what our magic is. We can move mountains. We got to believe it to see it, right? We got to like really hone in on those skills. So bravo to you. I do think that a message I want to send to all of my sisters and the men too, is that you said it was easy. You guys were at the same place. It just happened. And we go through these relationships like, oh, it's hard, but we're going to work through some stuff. No. That is what not are your the thoughts on that? What are your now, thoughts? Now, now, let me be very clear. Working and, and cohabitating and coexisting with anybody on any level, like we get this with our children, right? Mm-hmm. That it's not, it's not easy. It requires effort, right? But the effort should not make you feel like you're not growing, like you're not getting to be yourself, like you're not evolving into something more. Everything with him, even if it were, it was an issue. I felt like afterwards we were growing together, evolving to something like, you know, it, it was the, us coming together was working through stuff and getting closer each moment. That's that's what I felt like. That's what was easy. The easy part was knowing that I had somebody who was also making the effort to be here and be in this with me. You guys were aligned at the same time. Yes. Because exactly. when I look at you on social, I'm like, they're just, you guys are lobsters. I don't even know where that <laughs> reference came from. But yeah, you, I guess. Just, you just are. are. You are. And now you produced a little lobster baby. Who's we so did. <laughs> And I love that you refer to them as king and prince. Yes. Tell me about what message you want to send out into the universe when you call your son Prince Kiran. It was very conscious when it comes to the baby, but, you know, Kiran had become King Kiran in, 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 in his rise. And that was how people knew him. Right. And he made a conscious effort. I feel like to be clear that here's the thing. Names mean something. Right. We speak over ourselves and speak to ourselves means a lot. So I feel like when he added that king to his name as he became King Kiron, you know, in his rise, that it was almost like an affirmation of sorts to say when you speak that before his name, King Kiron, it was a reminder, a, a constant reminder of who he was called to be and who he was trying to to be. And just like you speak it before it happens, you become that, you know, you start to take on that posture. So that was only transferred to our son, you know, and, and being very intentional about that and reminding my son all the time who he is, how much mommy fought to get him here and how important as a black man it is for me to remind my son daily of how special he is because the world ain't going to tell him. It's not the world's job. And this it's not is, the world's job. Absolutely, it's not, not the world's job, and that, that's what we have to, as a culture, we got to stop waiting for them to recognize us. We know who the fuck we are. We do, girl. We, we got to tell ourselves what you just said reminded me of Jay Z. The Jay-Z. fact that he and B called their son Sir. That exactly. way, no matter who you are, you could be the most racist jerk. You got to call this little black boy Sir. I was sure do. I love it. Love I love it. it. And we have to be very, very clear about what we're speaking over ourselves and our children. Okay. So you, you married a King. Mm-hmm. Does he call you queen around the house? Are you guys that couple? <laughs> no. And I, and I say that because I don't call him king around the house. We know who we are. 
you know, we don't have to, to, to speak those affirmations. I feel like that's more for the world because we understand who we are and what we're working towards. You know, we make a very conscious effort. Even before we had the baby, you know, he has a daughter who's not my stepdaughter, who it was very important as we came together to also be very clear that she was a part of that package. So when I'm saying we're growing together, we were all three growing together because from day one, there was no separation between him and her. Like the relationship was us, the three of us, you know, even before, because now she lives with us, but before she lived with us, it was still like that. Like, how are we making an effort as our family, all three of us, I always reminded people like, you don't have kids yet. No, but I have a stepdaughter. And, and that's very important for me to say, because I never want her to think that in our story, right, that she wasn't not only not included, but also like a major factor in how we made every decision in our life, mm-hmm. you know? And she was a good training ground for you. When she you- was such a good, you know, I'll, she doesn't understand it now. She's nine, but I'm eternally grateful for her teaching me how to be a mother because that's what she essentially did. You know, allowing me to be her bonus mom taught me how to, to love someone with all my heart. I'll be forever grateful to her for that. It's so crazy because you can't imagine what motherhood is until you're in that role. Like I didn't think somebody like, you're going to love that baby. Okay. And then they, I literally was bawling. They yanked her out. She looked at me like, you ready, bitch? And I was like, bawling. And I've never felt that kind of love. Now I know you were celebrating your scars the other day. You didn't have, you didn't, give birth vaginally, but what did that feel like when your son was being pulled from your belly? So let me just be quite honest with you. Let's get, let's get into it. Right. Because I think that it's important to say like, although I was a a stepmother and a bonus mother first, nothing can prepare you for the moment that you see the child that you have been carrying in your womb and see them face to face. I had saw 3d pictures, all that nothing compares to seeing their face, right? So I actually had an anxiety attack, a full-blown anxiety attack before they pulled him out of me. So they had the date picked out because when you're having a C-section and I had Jerry and five boys before, so I knew going in that before I even conceived that I would have to have a C-section just based on the scars that were on my uterus. So it was all set. We were there in the morning. I knew what was happening and walking to that emergency room. And I, and I even like posted about this was like, wow, this is about to happen. Like I'm really about to be a mom. So it wasn't the shock of like, oh my God, I'm going to labor. Here the baby comes. It was like, here's the appointment, show up. And I went and it was like, oh my God, it's happening. And then they laid me on a table and gave me my epidural. I was like, it's happening. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. And they were like, you're going to do this. I'm like, no, 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 I don't think I can. And I had a full Alone anxiety attack. They had to let Kiran come in early because they were like usually like to set you up on the table first and then bring your spouse in. Not me. They had to bring them in because I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like crying, like manifesting. Girl, I don't even. Let me tell you what it was. They numb me right for the upper door because they have to in order to 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 do the C section. And I'm laying there. The 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 table they have you laying on is like super thin. Only has your body on it. The lights are so bright. It felt like I was crossing over, girl. I was like, this is it. I'm crossing over. I ain't going to make it. How he going to get here? I ain't going to make it. I'm going to meet him in between. That's how I felt. 
<laughs> and so I'm having this anxiety attack. And then next thing I know, like before, I'm like, just let them tell me when they're about to cut me. But you can't feel anything. So before I could like panic completely, they were pulling them out. And I saw his face. And it went from panic to, oh my God, that is a human person that I created. Look at his face. I saw my face. I saw his father's face. I saw his sister's face. I saw everything. It was so many emotions that overcame me that I didn't even care that I still had all my organs laying next to me on the table. (laughs) And you looked even, I couldn't even process it. It was just like, and then it was really hard for me because they handed me my baby. And this is a thing that they, I don't think they tell a lot of people about C-sections, right? Is that there's a, a very important process that happens to a baby when it goes to the birth canal. It's a shock for them, but that shock helps that, that little bit of trauma, that little bit of shock coming through the, well, a lot of shock coming through the birth canal actually helps to push a lot of that fluid out of their lungs, right? Yep. It's an o- organic process that, that happens to acclimate our systems and the baby systems to the world. And my baby didn't get that chance. And my baby had to come um, early because again, I had uterine fibroids. So the risk of me going into labor was just too, too crazy. Like if I went to labor, there was, there was a small, but catastrophic risk that something dire would happen if I went into labor. So I had my baby at 37 weeks. So he came out 37 weeks and didn't come through the birth canal. He did not get a chance to push all that stuff out of his lungs. His lungs were underdeveloped. So they handed them to me. And this is my miracle baby. I'm holding in my arms. And then it was in a matter of not even three minutes. They said, we have to take him. He's not breathing well. And they took him right to the NICU. And he was in the NICU for 11 days. So it took. I didn't even hold my baby again for three days. And then he was in the NICU for 11 days. So it was like a very overwhelming process. And it was a very interesting way to get acclimated to motherhood. So um, I went through a lot in those 11 days. I was going to say, that's traumatic. Did you stay in the hospital all those 11 days? I was in the hospital, not for the whole time. I was in the hospital for the first three days. But then they were like, oh, we're kicking you out. And I'm like, can I stay? I don't want to leave without my baby. And they're like, no. And it's COVID. So it's not like I can come back a bunch of times to see my baby. They're like, you can come back once to see the baby from these hours to these hours and that's it. So where a lot of women focus on the connection and and healing part of motherhood right after, I didn't get that opportunity. So my healing suffered and I didn't realize this till later and stuff like, you know, I was, my milk production was great the first day or two, right? But then going home and and still, you know, having the, the having surgery. I had major abdominal surgery. That's what C-sections are. But still feeling like I can't rest. I need to get up and go to the hospital and see my baby. All affected the beginning process. So I was like hard on myself because I breastfed for the first three months, but it wasn't it wasn't a very easy process. And it only got hard. It only got harder because we didn't get that connection. It didn't that latching didn't happen. Although I worked with a lactation specialist and everything, I had to release myself from feeling like my like I wasn't being the best mother because I couldn't breastfeed as long as I wanted to. You know, I was one of those moms like, I'm going to breastfeed till he's one. I don't care two, two. I don't care what nobody says. You get, you get what I'm saying? Because I understand the importance of breastfeeding. So finding another way to make sure my baby got 
the nutrients he needed and be okay with how it happened was another thing that I had to overcome, you know, mentally. That's another I'm, hurdle. Just listening to you, I'm like, that does sound stressful because very stressful. I, first of all, they lack a sense of, I don't even, a connection at those hospitals. They lack, they, do. they, they don't connect with the mom. It's like business as usual. And mind you, I gave birth naturally, but the lights were the same. It's like, you're under arrest. I had, I don't even know how many people were in there. Maybe 13 yeah. people were in my vagina. Oh, there was a lot of people in there for me too. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I literally remember saying, welcome to my vagina. Like, Hi <laughs> on epidural. Nice to meet you. Part of the reason why I had to have my baby like that was because I really didn't have good doctors leading up to me finding the doctor who helped me get pregnant. The reason why I was in that situation, because people didn't care about me and I didn't, I was unaware. And I had went to six doctors who told me I needed a hysterectomy. And, and why are they always it, trying to make us sterile? Why? Always, girl. girl. And so I found an amazing doctor who told me, girl, you're fine. You'll be able to have a baby. And I had them naturally. Like I got pregnant naturally. It took a lot of me changing my diet and a lot of things. And it was like a lot of my mental health, all these things that came into play. And then I looked up and I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I've been trying for five years, you know, wow. finally, I, you know, got pregnant. And, and so I felt truly blessed. So it was like, even, even during my pregnancy, I wanted to do yoga and be physical, but I couldn't let my heart rate go a certain way. I was, a, I was considered a geriatric pregnancy. All these things make girls. So, you know, going to I the mean, first of all, can we just talk about that term? How I, I literally, every time they said it, I was like, how dare you? Right. Let's say that word in my presence again. You don't know me. You and don't I, know me. Yes. And I understand. Geriatric, yes. yes. I understand that the, these these doctor books or medical books are not written with us in mind. Okay. They're not. So I know no. you want to call it geriatric after 35, but I'm still popping it in the clubs. Okay. I still get. <laughs> I see your dance videos, girl. You be still popping it. Yeah. I didn't try to get. By the way, I mean, I don't ever talk about my age, but sis, I got pregnant at 42. I love it. You're so inspirational, girl. I love it. 42. Yeah. Without trying. And they keep going, oh, it's a sense of, stop telling me what it is. And that's the problem across this country with, across Mm -hmm. the world, with these doctors, it's exactly what you said. You didn't have good doctors. They didn't care about you. They don't Mm -hmm. care about us. They don't see their mother. They don't see their daughters. And they're like, eh. You got issues. And yeah. so there needs to be something revolutionized across the country. Mm-hmm. Black OBs get together. Thank God I had a black OBGYN. Right. So blessed. Mine wasn't black, but she was really, she's really, 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 she gets it. You know, she gets it. And, and I can appreciate that. She was the first person, like I said, told me like, girl, they always tell you guys that. No. And I'm going to be honest with you. When I went into her office and I saw that, like, cause I, Another doctor I had had recommended her. So she's like, you should probably check her out. I think that you would like her. And then when I got there in her office, she had a book. Uh, she had written a book with Kelly Rowland. And I was like, oh, so you get black girls. Okay. So it already gave me a little bit of like, I was like, you okay, got the pass. Right. And then like, after like my fourth visit, I walked by another black girl. And we both looked at each other like, okay. Hey, girl. Okay. We're in the right yeah. spot, girl. We're in the right <laughs> spot. When I was going through this process and found how we were disproportionately affected with fibroids and other, you know, issues like endometriosis and all this stuff. It was clear to me that it was like, not only is not no one caring, but no one's telling us about how 
detrimental, the things that we put into our system, put into our hair, put onto our faces, how, how detrimental all these things are. No one discussed that with me and I had no idea. So it became a mission of mine to really inform women and talk to women like, how is your period? I didn't even know that our that periods aren't supposed to be heavy. Like who, like as heavy as mom was, I had no idea, but you know, that is something that black women consistently talk about, about how heavy our periods are. Right. We don't know that that's a a reason. That's the first sign that you should go have somebody look at you. You don't know what questions to ask. We don't even talk to our parents enough or family or tell our children of like, hey, I had this issue. You may have it too. And they won't tell you. I didn't know that my grandmother had fibroids until I found out I did. And she's like, I think I had those too. There's so many things we do in our culture that work against us. A, I hate that our culture is like, oh, that's a secret. We don't talk about it in public because we are literally shooting ourselves in the foot. We need to have transparent conversations to understand how our grandparents and parents did it so we can make another choice going forward with information, right? So my mom was a beast about going to the doctor, which I hated, but now I'm like, it's important, but also important where you got really healthy was on your own terms. A doctor, was on my own terms. No doctor said to you, you know, you shouldn't eat corner store food. You had to figure that out. <laughs> I had to figure that out myself, right? So I'm begging black women and black women, uh, men across this country. There's a lot of push now towards veganism, vegetarianism, plant-based food, not the scientific burgers, though. No, no, not those. Not those. Stay away from that. <laughs> Stay away from that, please, because you're such a good model for this. Mm-hmm. You had a moment you couldn't get pregnant. You're young. You're vibrant. Why? Nobody had answers for you. You Nobody. turned to yourself. Not even, did you turn to Queen Afua? Anybody? I didn't, you know, I, and Queen Afua is just, I didn't discover her until after the fact, to be honest with you. You know, when I became, that was part of my a spiritual awakening where I realized that they were all interconnected, right? We, as a culture, focus on religion, or even if we're focused on our spirituality, we don't realize how interconnected everything is, right? We want to separate them. We want to feel like, you know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm creative and I'm dope because I'm black and I'm all these things, right? But we don't want to realize that with that blessing also requires a lot of care. You have to take care of yourself, your hair, your internal health is all, it's all important because we don't realize what we eat also affects our mental health. Our mental health affects how we mother, how we are partners, and how we deal with our businesses. We are up against so much in the world already that strips us down and and tries to demean us or just make us forget who, who we are and the power that we possess. But the minute you get control of your internal health, and that's your mental health, that's your which 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 you're consuming, which you're putting on your body, the the, the tampons, the pads you're using, all these things. Once you get control of that, you realize it actually changes your body chemistry. Your body chemistry changes your mental health. Your mental health affects how you are able to actually operate in the world, right? And how you see things. It raises your vibration. And, and, you know, people talk about all the time why you should eat better, all these things. It's not just about looking good, right? It's, mm. We look good anyway. We're going to be looking young because hello, we do, right? We do. But there's a way to actually feel young, right? And to actually live 
and have longevity in, in all aspects of your life. And it has a lot to do with how you take care of yourself, yeah. you know, 360 holistic health. And I exactly. know, I know a lot of people are like, it's too much work. It's not. It's the same way we care about what our hair looks like or what outfits yeah, we wear. Exactly. We have to care about our mind, our body, and yeah. our spirit as a complete system. Once exactly. you separate them, you become a victim. You become yes. somebody who is going to, oh, I need those pills because I'm not taking care of my health. You exactly. start taking those pills. That affects your, yeah. it is it's a downhill slide. And it's something they don't want us to know. That's why I'm exactly. so down for our P. Diddy's vegetarian. Go influence some people. You know what I'm saying? It's about self-empowerment, right? We understand as Black women in a lot of areas of our lives that no one's coming to save us. But when it comes to our health, we're still looking for a medical answer. They never come to save us. We have to save ourselves. I had an amazing nutritionist while I was pregnant who taught me a, a lot of amazing things about how to eat, things to do. Because even my recovery, I really attribute me understanding the importance of food and, and what it does to the body to my recovery, because like I said, I didn't get a chance to sit back and just relax and recover. I was still on the go. So me understanding the, the power of bone broth or how it supports and it regenerates, even if you don't want to incorporate any meat or plant-based stuff or understanding lentils and certain things that actually give you strength and energy or proteins you know, into your body, understanding which carbs are, how, how important certain carbs are, or, you know, like I'm a big fan of CMOS, you know, there, I'm a big fan of green juices and, and just understanding clean energy, you know, energy and, and how it actually helps to heal your body. I feel like that's so important. It is. I love that you said that clean energy. I was a person in my 20s who was like, I'm not cooking. My, my literally was Carrie Bradshaw's shoes were in the oven. I didn't give a damn about cooking. And yeah. then I realized now that I have a child, I cook all of our meals. And I'm not saying that to get a trophy. I'm saying no, I, I know I know what I'm putting in not only my body, but my baby's body. I just want to encourage women, all women. To really take it into their own hands. You you can't sit back and be like, I don't know why my child has eczema. Well, what are they eating? Hello. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's really important that you talk about you doing it for your daughter because, you know, people won't do stuff for themselves, but, but they understand that they want their children to live better lives, right? Even if you don't make the shift for yourself, understand that foods are only getting worse. So if you're not teaching your children how to live healthier, cleaner lives, then the, the processed foods are only getting more processed. Girl, you know, they're not only even adding processed. more things Girl, to the foods. They right? are creating lettuce in a lab. Girl. They are creating meat in a lab. They're cloning. Absolutely. What the fuck is happening? So, Girl, yes, so I didn't much. mean to, I didn't mean to make this like a food speech, but this no, is no, no, really I feel like this is important though because the, the reason why this is so important is because I almost lost the opportunity to be a mother because of food. And I'm very clear about that. Right. And now that I have become a mother. Right. I understand that I don't want my children to lose anything else. Take it, have anything taken from them because of the food, even if it's just their mental health, how they, how they process, I, like, like the foods that they eat literally charge and fuel 
their whole existence, how they think, how they move, how they operate. And, and I don't want to take anything from them. I want them to have every opportunity in life. And if that means that I have to take the extra time to puree their food, because that was me all day long, I'm going to do that. And it doesn't hurt that you got snatched in the process. I mean, it doesn't hurt. It, I mean, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. But but let's also get into not just the food, because this is another thing. I spent a lot of time after having my babies, like, oh, I'm going to work out. And I found myself really trying to hit the gym really hard. And I was only making my body worse because, I, again, I, I had a C-section and I, you know, you give yourself normally the six weeks to heal. I needed longer than that, but I was like, I got to get snatched. And I only made things worse. I actually had to, when you go get your staples taken, they put staples in your stomach. When I went, they were like, you're too swollen. We can't even take them out because I was still trying to do too much. Right. So I had to just do nothing. And I just had a lot of weight on me and I had to be okay with who I was at the time. And then I started going for walks. And I would just walk around the block and I realized the fresh air, seeing the trees, the sunlight was really changing my state of mind. And it went from just walking around the block to now I do um, a three mile walk every day. And that's what not only got my body snatched, but my mind snatched because I'm talking about I'm a writer. So just being able to walk and clear my mind or even tell them everybody in the house, listen, I'm taking this walk. It helps my mental health. I get the vitamin D, all these things. It allows me to connect with nature. It allows me to ground myself. All these things that no one discussed with me before, but are so, so important. And not just womanhood, but in motherhood. Like, you got to have those things. Like, your your mental health, girl, you get it. So me finding that the gym wasn't it for me, right? It was taking these walks. And from the walks to yoga, And those were the things that people think that you got to be out here rigorously, like just trying to just like, oh, I got to fight to be buff. That's good, too, if that works for you. But sometimes it's just about starting somewhere and it might just be a walk around the block. Curious how King Kiran nurtured not only you, but both of you, the unit, when you were having this moment of needing to be just repair, just to be still, just to heal. You're going to make me emotional. I'm so grateful. I have the best partner. I was literally talking to my grandmother about this last night and she was saying, girl, you are so blessed. And I truly am because, you know, when I was going through all of this and I think that it really helped me from going through any kind of postpartum or anything. But, you know, when my baby came home from the hospital after 11 days, I was in bad shape physically. You know, like I couldn't walk up the steps. I could barely move. I could barely hold him. I was so tired. My body needed rest to heal. My body needed rest to to lactate, all these things. But I hadn't given myself the space. So we did these schedules where he would allow me to go take these long naps and he would keep the baby. And then I would be able to get up and feel rejuvenated. And he did this for a very long time. And I don't know any other my other friends who were had children and had this much help. So I really felt blessed because he recognized that I was going through a lot, right? But when I tell you, because I couldn't move a lot when I was pregnant because I was geriatric, they were telling me, don't let your heart rate go no higher than this. And it was all this stuff. 
after having them, I felt like my knees were bad. Everything hurt because because having a child, they don't tell you. I don't care if you're pushing them out or they're pulling them out. It's an out of body experience. Your body turns into something completely different. And and I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware that it's a whole new body you have now. And it does different things. Your body chemistry is completely different after having a baby. And so it's not just get like I know I always knew how to eat to get myself back or know how to do this to just pull it back. It wasn't that simple. And I had I was fully supported. He never made me feel like I needed to rush any part of the process. And having him have my back like that really allowed me to not become get back to normal. I got back to something better. Yes. And that's because I had the support and I still have that support. So I'm grateful for him on an everyday basis. And, and my baby, like I have a little boy and everybody's like, yeah, boys love their mothers. My baby is a daddy's boy. He loves being with his daddy. Him <laughs> and his daddy are best friends. He loves being with his daddy. So I'm just grateful. And I just shows from day one, from the very beginning, he was, I never had to worry about, was he by my side or fully supporting my process the whole entire way. So, you know, being supported, whether you have a great partner, whether you have a great parent, whether you have a great friend, your village is so important. Look, I I, I wasn't invited, but I decided I was moving into my parents' house. Girl, good for you. That was, that's so smart. I gave birth. And I moved into my brother's room, put yes. brought all the stuff. I was like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for about two months. Yeah. And you're gonna have to cook me Just some. Just two months, girl. Good for you. Cause those yeah. first four months are the hardest, it's the hardest time in life. No I one know. told me. The first four months. No sleep. No sleep. No sleep. And it makes you it makes you understand how cruel maternity leaves being three months is. It's so cruel. Ooh. I need a year, girl. I need a year. I took I a, year. a year. I took a year. Me too. Yes. Thank God for you savings know. accounts. Thank God, right? Thank God for savings accounts and support because, you know, I had some friends tell me that I had a friend because, I, you know, I, I like to work. I like to get back to it. And one of my good friends, Tori Hart, she said, you are not going to want to do anything for that first year. And I said, girl, that was you. That's not me. We're so she's ignorant. Worried. We're so ignorant when we were like, oh, I, I really thought I was going to take my baby to Peru and climb the Andes. OK, that's how dumb I was. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yes. But, but you need the time to acclimate to motherhood just as much as these babies need time to acclimate to the world. And you guys are doing that together and and you don't get that time back. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah and mama stay.